We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. My wife will give birth to a beautiful... A beautiful white, a beautiful black American princess who will have both identities, shun neither. And I want her to know, I want her to know, I didn't just lay down under another man's flag. I didn't just have this defeatist attitude when somebody ran down the United States. I got up off my ass and I fought back. I've been waiting, baby. Newsflash, that shit is a, a two-pack of ass. The fuck are you talking about? That shit stinks. We're here. I wish I could keep this feeling. I wish I could keep this feeling. What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of The Corner Podcast. Kel Dansby here with the old man, Andreas Hale. Today, as promised, we are talking about pro wrestling. When we teased it earlier in the weekend, we knew that we had a W to catch up on. We knew we were going to preview WWE Backlash. What we didn't know, which you guys already heard with the intro, is that Cody Rhodes would give us such a gem of a promo to talk about today. But you guys are going to have to wait for the second segment to listen to that one. Because first, we're starting with me congratulating the old man, and not really him because he just did what he does all the time, but congratulating his amazing wife on passing the bar she is now Hale Esquire, yep. according to me. So congrats, congrats. Do you get to put that on the back of your last name now, too? Is that like a shared title? No, man. It, no. no, you're not Mr. No. Esquire? No, I'm uh, Mr. Hale. She's missing. She's keeping her last name and her both names. So it's hyphenated Hale Jackson. Jackson Hale, can't remember. Um, yeah. <laughs> that was a... It was a stressful week and, uh, well, stressful because you take the bar in February and you don't find out the results until May. So for the past two months, she's been on pins and needles, not being able to sleep. And she found out she passed. So tomorrow, which is Friday for those listening, because I don't know when this show is going up tonight. Today's Thursday. Okay. Today's Thursday. So, yeah, I'm doing a, uh, you know, I'm getting a chef and we're doing a family little dinner to celebrate because her graduations for tomorrow and, yeah, and she goes off into her new journey as a attorney, as Esquire. So, yeah, that's uh, 
I got some work to do now. My, now my wife is an attorney. I ain't shit. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. I mean, to be fair, from the beginning, you probably haven't been shit compared to her. And I say that fondly. But, you know, if people don't know, I go to your crib all the time. People, the wife is the brains of the operation, as it should be. She'll gladly tell you that, too. <laughs> yes, I like it. She she understands. She understands where she ranks. And unlike Dre, she will make sure that that is known. She embraces it. It's okay. It's it's all right to be the Janetti to your wife. So congrats to her. That is amazing. It was also Mother's Day. So you get this news and it's Mother's Day. What did you do for Mother's Day? Uh, we just did a, went to the park. Um ate some food, nothing too crazy. Because the crazy thing is she passed the bar. She graduated, she passed the bar. Mother's Day, her birthday is the day before Father's Day. So it's like, I'm spending a lot of fucking money on my wife. But I guess she deserves it. So we just did something real simple. We got a picnic, uh, bought us some Jordans because she's been complaining that I have too many Jordans. She has none. But the funny thing is, I'm like, you're an attorney. Where the fuck are you going? But I guess she wants to flex on a casual day. So I got her some 13s, some black and blue 13s. So she's happy about that. And uh, yeah, we just chilled out. All she really wants to do, and I guess this is the case for mothers everywhere that I've found out over the years. All mothers want to do is nothing. Yeah. Like if you if if you ask them, like, what do you want to do for Mother's Day? Like, and as men, we like let's go to dinner and let's do this. And when you ask them, they're like, I don't want to do shit. Get these fucking kids away from me and let me do me for an for an entire day. But what ends up happening is, like, my daughter. She wants, she thinks it's her day. So my mother has to be, I mean, my wife has to still be a mother on Mother's Day. When Father's Day comes, I get relieved of all that shit. Whatever happens on Father's Day, it's on, she, she handles that and she'll handle my daughter. But Mother's Day is like, she just wants to be left alone. One of these days, I'm going to get her a staycation by herself. So she can just get away, not have to worry about cleaning up, none of that shit. Father's Day is easy. If I say I'm going to brunch with the boys, we're going to do that. And she'll make sure we're good. I don't worry about being a dad on Father's Day. Even though I, you know, love being around my daughter, I know my wife will handle that. It's just not the same for mothers. Mothers just really want to relax. So I learned that lesson because I was like, I was going to order dinner because we didn't want to really go out. I was going to order dinner and movie, not a movie, dinner or some shit. I can't remember. I was trying to put a bunch of stuff together and she just looked at me like, I don't want to do any of that shit. We can go to the park and have a picnic and drink some expensive champagne. That's it. I don't want to do nothing else. Cool. Not that difficult. No, nah, not bad at all. I mean, I feel like as men, we always try to go over the top on on Mother's Day. And this year is kind of like the first year. I don't think I did go over the top on Mother's Day. My, my Mother's Day this year was spread out over time anyway, because I went, I got her hair done a couple days before it, like the, the week before it, which cost an arm and the leg, but well worth it. So did that. And then we have uh, my stepdaughter's graduation coming up. So a lot of my money was going towards that, getting her hair done, senior photos, blah, blah, blah. So Mother's Day for us was just kind of like chill as well. I did go to um, sushi. So I took them to all you can eat sushi, her and my stepdaughter, which is a big gesture, given that I'm allergic to seafood. So <laughs> it's, yeah, it's really like the spot I went to had like uh, some bomb chicken. I got like garlic chicken or something and white rice. Usually that's my go-to. Like, yo, does it, do you at least have like teriyaki? Give me teriyaki something, white rice, and I can like coast while everyone else eats 18 million sushi rolls. 
Yeah, so here's what's about to happen. I'm about to say my, give my take on sushi, and there's going to be people on my head again. <laughs> I hate sushi. I hate that. Shit. Like, I despise it, like, with a passion. Like, it did something to me. I don't <laughs> like it. I don't like the, I don't like, if it's not, why am I eating something that's not cooked? Gross. That is, that's, that is, ugh. You not eat, like, oyster, I guess oysters are cooked, right? Uh, hell no. Get that shit away from me. I'm not very fond of seafood. And it's okay. to the point where, like, when it comes to, like, salmon and mahi and, Things like that and like catfish. I got to have my catfish breaded. I got to have my salmon cooked a certain way because if it, if it tastes too fishy, I'll throw that shit in the trash. I'm guessing you have to have it cooked well done. Of course. I need that. <laughs> that shit needs to be cooked and seasoned properly. Like I'm not a big fan. I don't like crab. I don't like lobster. Oh, yeah. They're coming for you. You don't like crab? Black people love crab. Like crab leg days? Boy, my grandma Janice comes out here from New York. I have to take her every time to a buffet for unlimited crab legs. Mm-mm. And thank God, like the cannery, I used to drive North Las Vegas because at least that was like priced reasonably. Before then, for years, I had to take her to Bellagio to get all you can eat crab legs and save for like a month back then to be able to afford it. So now, like, at least there's like little hood spots. Um, I took her to whatever that you crab in a bag place is, hot juicy or some hot shit. Yep, took her, yeah, it took her there last time she came. Um, Right before my wedding, like we went there, made sure she got her crab legs, shrimp and all that. I, I don't feel like I'm missing anything. So I can't say like, I don't like it. Like, I just can't eat it. But for you, that's that's so weird. People who like live down south, shout out to Justin Ivy in the group chat, like lives in Louisiana. That's all they live off of. I went to New Orleans, like I can eat po' boys and that's it. Everything had seafood in it. Yeah, nope, don't like that shit. Crab, lobster, mm-mm, yuck. Wow, and and no sushi. That's weird, because, yeah, we've never, all the times we're, like, planning, like, yo, we're going to eat brunch. Where are we going to, like, where am I going to cash in on this dinner? <laughs> you never say shit about seafood. That no, would make sense. No, absolutely not. And, and people, like, I found it weird. Like, you listeners out there listen to this podcast, we have all these takes on combat sports. And the moment we start talking about food, here y'all come with comments and opinions about what we eat and what we don't eat. So we just have a food podcast moving forward and what we eat. Hot takes and hot hot cakes. Shout out to Danny. (laughs) Trademarked, baby. It's on the way. Um, Yeah, that's it moves the needle, especially when you say you eat well done steaks. Like that's criminal. People are so used to siding with you that you said that shit and they thought like, their, their whole world explode. Like, what's going on here? This doesn't hey, happen. Not, not everybody agreed with you. Cut it out. There was a few people like, that's egregious. And, you know, but when I said whistle pig, they're like, oh, okay. Yeah, it's forgivable because I, I still drink expensive li- liquor. <laughs> I don't eat well-done steaks. You're medium well. Every, every well-done steak. Oh, my God. That is still, it's still egregious. So that you, There's nothing you can say to get over that. Sushi, fine. You don't want sushi. It's raw fish. Weird. That's perfectly fine. But well done. Oh, that's like people who don't eat French fries. I saw God, on damn it. I just said medium well. I did not say well uh, done. I don't eat a well done steak. Sure. Sure. <laughs> say a, a little bit better. It's like me seeing on a Twitter timeline this week that someone mixed mayonnaise into their grits. Wait, what? Who did? Yep. Come on, man. <laughs> yep, it was on the Twitter timeline. Mixed mayonnaise into their grits. That's... That's a federal offense. I don't eat grits. Listen, I don't eat grits at all. But even I know that's like horrible. 
I love grits. If I had to eat grits, I would still be wrong because I would put mad sugar in it. Yeah, and people no. would throw shit at me, but cheese, I don't eat pepper. grits. Yeah, grits are delicious, but you know, like right. people put like sliced cheese in grits, like sliced cheese, eggs, bacon, sausage. Like, you'll just eat that. What you don't need the grits then. Yes, you do. You could just fill up on the other stuff you put in the grits, scrambled eggs in the grits. Yeah, have you ever had a scramble? Have I ever had scrambled eggs or just just no a, a scramble like like an omelet? Have you had an omelet? Don't of course, omelet? yes. I've got a scramble skillet as well. Yes. Okay, so that's why people put things in their grits. I mean, well, I don't pour a bunch of yeah, I don't pour a bunch of nonsense on top of it though. When I get it, like oh grits, they don't taste like anything. They add nothing to a dish. I mean, look, I'm not going to fight over grits. This. <laughs> So I can understand when I can understand when people's like, I don't really like grits. I'm like, all right, cool. I like grits. I won't eat like chitlins and shit like that. This is no. a this is a combat sports podcast. We're talking about food again. <laughs> Listen, this is how it goes. Two weeks in a row. I don't know how we even got off on this tangent. That wasn't even part of a rundown. But food food just now it's a it's our hot topic for this year. I feel like food is gonna continue to just pop up randomly on the podcast. But we talked about you know, Mother's Day, what you did for your wife, what I did for my wife. And shout out to our mothers as well, grandmothers, all all the mothers out there celebrating. Um, congrats to all you guys. But we started off the podcast very positive for a reason, right? I wanted to start off with positive relationships so people can, you know, enjoy themselves and be happy to start the podcast. Because we also have to talk about a very toxic and bad relationship that we talked about two weeks ago. I thought it was fixed. And now it took over Twitter. In fact, I woke up yesterday and I was like, what the hell is going on? Because I couldn't go on social media without seeing Joe Budden, Joe Budden, Joe Budden. Um, internally, being a Joe Budden fan for like a long time, I thought he got caught up in uh, some some interactions that he takes part in quite often throughout his career that are not favorable to the opposite sex. I shall say that. So whenever I see him trending, I'm like, oh, shit. Now, here we go. Who asked did he whoop now? That's what you were yeah, saying. Yeah, I'm, try, I'm trying to, you know, play, play the fence on that one. So I was like, oh, man, here we go. But then I look. Nope. This time, the Joe Budden podcast is officially over. In which Rory Maul just came back two weeks ago. We just talked about this. How we haven't really had beef in our podcast. We're going along. They were back. I knew they were coming back. I guess I was wrong in the long run because Joe Budden, not only are they gone and the podcast pretty much folded, he has uh, he has ice and some other dude now on the Patreon, but he went and did a 40 minute solo podcast firing them and people lost their shit in which he still left their spots and their mics there, which is, if I must say so myself, that's genius. And he was like asking them questions without them being there. He, he's funny. So people lost their shit, and I don't know why. I know, I'm not sure why people were surprised. That just lets me know that they are not Joe Budden fans because every single breakup he's had in his life, he has put on wax, every single one. So let's start with this. There are very few Joe Budden fans like you that have followed his rap career for as long as you have. Correct. Internet soldiers. See? So for the most part, Joe Budden, for a lot of people, it was, uh, pump, he was the pump it up guy for a long time. 
And even though mood music came out, let's not act like it was moving worlds. People were like, this is good. Like people liked it. I, I guess I would liken it kind of the currency, except I think currency has a, a bigger following as a rapper. That is criminal. Um, Moon Music is the best mixtape series ever, but continue. Um, but it, you're one of the few people that follow his rap career. The reason he has the podcast is not because of his rap career at all. It's, he existed in hip hop, but it was everyday struggle. It was love and hip hop. Like Joe began to move away from music in a way that this made sense as a transition. So for those who were new to Joe Button, they just, they kind of knew him as the pump it up guy. And also social media with his relationships, Kaylin, yeah. Tahiri, so on and so forth. Uh, I think it was with Esther Baxter. Like Joe's had plenty of women in the industry. That's, that's what people know him from. So all this, the toxicity, you don't know it like that. This uh, breakup, I'd say I'm 50-50 on it, right? Full disclosure, I have to say this up front. I do DJ Premier's blog, and I've been doing it for a very long time now. And me and DJ Premier have a really good relationship. DJ Premier's man- manager is Ian Schwartzman. Ian Schwartzman is also Joe Budden manager. We talk all the time. Not me and Joe. I talk to Ian. I talk to Preem. I don't talk to Joe. I met like Joe like a few times, we don't talk. That no reason in particular. It's just that's just how the shit works. Um, so I've known Ian, and I've known you know, I've known about Joe through people for many, many, many years. I know people who've been friends with Joe. Now R- Rory and Maul, I know, not personally, but through like Loki and Kaz because of Henny Palooza. Yeah, do say Palooza because Rory was there for all those years, and I've known about him. I don't think I've met Rory. I could have. I don't think I have. And I, I'm sure I haven't met Maul. But I've heard things. This breakup is not incredibly surprising in the sense that Joe has a um, penchant for being toxic. And his relationships, male or female, don't seem to last. And the fact that they were able to do the Joe Bun podcast for as long as they did is kind of surprising. At the same time, they made plenty of money doing it. Joe has transitioned out of hip hop. Allegedly, he's made plenty of money. (laughs) I think is is one of the cruxes of this. Here here lies the issue with the Joe Budden podcast. The Joe Budden podcast being called the Joe Budden podcast. Mm. That's where it all starts because his name is on the marquee. And where people say, yeah, with Rory and Maul, no, it's about Joe Budden. And people have come to like Rory and Maul because of their presence on the Joe Budden podcast. Now, the danger in this is the things that we don't know behind the scenes. And what it seems like was an issue. Look, man, if you've listened to the podcast, you can choose sides. But none of us know what really is going on behind the scenes. And the moment in no matter what situation, the moment that somebody asks for an audit, on the finances, it's over. It's the end of the relationship. Whether you're right or wrong, there means there's distrust somewhere where somebody's not comfortable with the money that they're making and they feel like it's being a secret, uh, uh, kept the secret away from them. So Rory, Rory, it seems like, and Maul just rides with Rory at this point, even though Maul and Joe have been friends for like 15 years. For a lot longer. I used to watch Joe Budden TV and Maul would be there. Just had Joey's ah. crib. 
See, that's the other thing. I jump off TV. Like all my friends did that shit. Jazz, God rest his soul. Now, yep. Fox. Those are all my friends. I have no idea why me and Joe have rarely crossed paths. They were always there, always in the backyard chilling, barbecues, yeah, yeah. pool parties, etc. Low, all of them. They were they were all part of that clique. So I'm very close to the situation, and I've heard stories about how Joe handles himself. Joe has an ego, a huge ego. Joe is very um, sensitive to things. Joe is sensitive to things about other people, but he doesn't understand why things are sensitive to him. Like when people are upset with him, he doesn't get it. And it's weird to watch. If you listen to podcasts, you see it. This was bound to blow up at a certain point because if Rory and Maul feel like they're not getting what they deserve and they're telling Joe this, Joe's going to pull out his nuts and put them on the table and explain why he doesn't need them. And he moved on with firing them. And people are all up in arms and writing four paragraph fucking essays about and using the word hypocrites. This is my new favorite word. <laughs> hypocrites? Called him a hypocrite. Um, but it, it's very dangerous as a fan to side one way or another because you really don't know what's going on, especially behind the scenes. Now, look, Kel, me and you can disagree on a lot of stuff. But we disagree on a podcast about issues pertaining to the podcast. Yep. Never once have we had to have a conversation about money. One, because we ain't making money like Joe is. No. We got a lot of, clearly, he's making a lot of fucking money off that podcast. But that's with more money, more problems. And when you got three people involved and you got a celebrity with an ego and whatever disagreement was, it said a lot when Maul took it very personally that Joe said, this is none of your business. And it really said a lot because Joe said so much with that statement that Maul took it personally. And I understood that. that I understood when that was big. Yeah, that's that's sunning someone on air. Like we we're not even co-workers. Like we're we're right. not colleagues. Like you are my boss. Like that even further than that, like you just it's none of your business. So it's like, what the fuck am I doing here? Exactly. And you know, <sighs> Maul said things like it's not about the money, it's about the respect. Look, man, it's always the money comes with the respect. And he's absolutely right in that sense. But I know whatever Joe meant by that and however that, that came together, that, that statement, he meant it. Joe meant that shit. Every last bit of it is none of your business. And Maul took it very personally, which somebody who's like, hey, man, I helped build this podcast, which you should take it personally. But this is a messy situation that ain't getting fixed anytime soon. And this is not the last time Joe's going to be in a, in a troubling situation. Like, people forgot about everyday struggle. And uh, the man broke up Slaughterhouse. It's one of the greatest hip hop groups of all time. And uh, along with drug addiction. But his ego broke up Slaughterhouse because he wasn't on enough of the songs for the Glass House album. And it was never released. And then the beef with them. And then, et cetera, et cetera. Granted, he seems to still be very cordial with Royce, less so with the other two members. Yeah, again, man, y'all know, I know Royce. Uh, <laughs> we haven't talked, we've talked about Joe a couple times. And I've talked about Joe before Slaughterhouse was a thing. I remember when Slaughterhouse was first being made. I was at BET and that, that we were supposed to premiere it at BET. And my boss was like, nobody knows who the fuck they are, don't do it. That's what happened. That's like legitimately what happened. They were all going to come to the office. We're going to shoot something. 
and announced the, the forming of Slaughterhouse. And my boss said, who the fuck are these people? No. Incredible, right? But uh, that being said, it's uh, the relation. Everybody has a weird relationship with Joe. I don't know anybody that really has said that they like Joe Budden. One way or another, I've never really heard it before. All I hear is all this other shit that he's done to people that they don't like. But toxicity is what sells. That podcast is right up Joe's alley. He used to say whatever the fuck he wants. We agree or disagree, but it's entertaining. Like it's never, he was never a bad rapper. He's no. a good rapper. You know, it's just the way he goes about his business is what bothers a lot of people. So he's almost better off having a podcast by himself. But he's not, he's not reliable enough to have a podcast by himself. I think that's the best way to put it. Like he can't, he needs someone there to rein him in. Joe left his own devices is never a good thing. You're probably right. I, I mean, Maul and Rory balance out the they balance out the show. Now, look, I'm not an avid listener. I listen occasionally to Joe Budden podcast, but I'm not an avid listener like most. But you know, Rory and Maul did add you know different perspectives, and it's always good to have those perspectives on the show. And especially um, in the podcasting world, you don't need a, a journalism degree or none of this shit. It's like, how well can you talk and can you make your point? And they they do well with that. And Joe needs somebody to balance them out. You're absolutely right. But at this point, Joe feels like you can have anybody on the show and it still does well. Which he does. I mean, he has uh, officially ice another Twitter dude, and uh, some other guy on the show. Again, I, I don't listen like that. I damn sure ain't listening on Patreon. I was a Joe Budden music fan. Like I'm never necessarily been a fan of Joe Budden the person. I admire his honesty and his openness, and that's something that made me a fan of his music. Yeah, the person with that honesty is very easy to see how shitty of a person. So, yeah. I, I mean, I was never, you know, I never had that veil over me. This is just the latest case of, like, damn, like, you really fucked up a friendship of, like, 20 years, 15 years, because of a podcast? Like, that, doing business with friends is tough. It is. It's very tough. It, especially when you have different perspectives on who brings what to the table there comes a certain point where for some people you think it's even and then somebody reminds you real quick no it ain't i'm the king of this castle and when that happens shit is is gets different and it's a touchy thing because in some cases it makes sense it's like we're 50 50 holders and i'm doing everything and you're just showing up yeah that's a problem but you have to balance it out and you have to have those conversations early and apparently they didn't have those conversations. That whole Spotify thing, Joe just going off the rails on Spotify. I don't think that ever sat right with Rory. I don't think it did. Nah, and then the new deal came in and he was like, all right, fuck it. We're going to get more money. Cool. But then you don't know what the new deal consists of. That that has to be a problem in any business venture. Oh, absolutely. Friends, no friends. Like, we can't just go on a promo tour championing our success in signing to Patreon. Look, all this great thing we just did. And then you not tell me what that actually equates to. Yeah. Like that's, that's weird. <laughs> like, don't, don't ask me to promo this. And I don't even know what, like, you're just gonna be like, yeah, here, have 10,000 more a year. 
Like, really? Because we're selling this shit. Like, it's a lot more money than that. Don't really work like that. So No, but podcasting as a living is rough, too. So it also comes to a point sometimes where you might just have to shut up and take your dough. I don't, that's, a, that's a weird spot to be. Fair. Because where do you, there's now, I hate rumors. There's now reports on the internet that they have a year non-compete. I'd be like, oh, fuck that. You're just going to have to sue me. Like, like, what am I supposed to do for a year, asshole? Like, you just made me, my whole life, be a podcaster. Now I can't even go podcast? Well, that that's, see, that's the, the thing, man. There's, there's a reason why that podcast came down. There is a, there is a, it's a legal reason. Because trust me, at this point, it's going to get real litigious. Because there ain't no way that Rory and Molly are going to sit there, get fired, and then they're being a no-compete. There's got to be more language in that contract. I, I know this because I've just dealt with this shit for so long in the industry. Whatever the internet knows is only like a third of the story. So if they're saying there's no, a no non-compete for a year, yeah, what are the terms of that non-compete? What does that consist of? There's yeah. a lot of things to go on. I really hate Twitter for like, they, Twitter picks sides real quick. And like, yeah, Rory, Maul, right. Yeah, Joe's right. And y'all don't really know shit. And I saw Ian had tweeted. I haven't texted him yet. Ian was tweeting like, nobody knows anything. I was like, he's right. Nobody knows anything, but it sucks because people really like this podcast and now it's gone. They know what Joe said. So he removed some of the doubt. (laughs) I'm sure as a manager or a lawyer, you usually tell your person, "Ah, don't speak on it. Just let the rumors do the rumors do. Joe doesn't seem like he took that advice. No, the court of public opinion is the court that he wants to be in. Yes, it's the one he always wants to win. And listen, there's no such thing as bad publicity. So he's trending on Twitter. They're gone. People would say like, I'm never listening to this show again because they're gone. Those people are probably lying. And if you do leave, I don't think it's going to hurt his bottom dollar because all this publicity is just going to drive new fans. Don't worry. Academics will be on there next. Oh, God, no. No, no, no. I feel like don't move backwards. He's cool with the next two guys who aren't going to take that much money. And I don't, again, I don't know ice. I don't know anything. But he probably could just pay them. And they're like, wait, what? Like, I could probably make like six figures for doing a podcast and we get to tour and do live shows? Yeah, fuck it. It's better beats just being in New York doing nothing. So, you know, one one man's trash is another man's treasure. We, we shall see how that all plays out. But it's crazy. Everything with Joe Budden is a spectacle. He's 21 years deep in hip-hop, in the hip-hop game, and there has never been an easy day in the life of Joe Budden. <laughs> Not at all. So, always interesting. Let's hit the break. I cannot wait to come back and talk about Cody Rhodes. Boy, this, this opening segment was fun, but we came to talk about this promo. So we're talking about that right after the break. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Everyone, I want to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is a perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll be able to get your show pushed on Apple, Spotify, 
Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. And the best part is you can get all of this for only $15 a month, the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you for just for the initial setup. So whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports experience. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com backslash join. Check out the description box for the episode to find out more, but that's bwhustle.com slash join. As promised, as teased, as you heard in the open of this show, Cody Rhodes cut what may be the most illogical promo I have ever heard, and I've heard Steiner Man. Cody Rhodes really thought he had a gem. And Dre, this is where it comes down to, you can't just have a locker room full of your friends. He came out to the ring and cut a promo because, okay, he's going into the feud with the British guy who laid him out and put the British flag over him on being the American dream. You're not gonna, you're not gonna face Cody Rhodes, the American nightmare. You're gonna face the American dream. All right. And then he went full Michael Chandler. And I was like, I'm doing this for my unborn child, my white child. Wait, no, no, my black child. That is who I'm doing this. Like, what does this promo have to do with the price of tea in China for this feud? I. I watched this shit 10 times back. I couldn't believe it. And my first thought was, I can't wait to see what the old man said. So the floor is yours. And I'm going to revel in being correct about Cody Rhodes this whole time. Uh, All right. So. Where do I start? Let's see. Black child, white child? No, no, we. No, we're be, not going to start be there because the issue isn't as much as it is the black child, white child thing, as much as it was how he put these thoughts together. I'm not necessarily upset at that particular segment by itself. Where he's like, oh, I'm going to have a, you know, a child who's going to have the best of both worlds. He's going to learn not to shun either side by itself. Not particularly upset with that if I had that conversation and Cody came to me and was like, yeah, Andreas, I'm, my daughter's black. I'm looking forward. I'm going to have this black child, you know, this mixed race child. And, you know, I'm going to teach them to embrace, embrace what they love. And that's what I want to do. I'm going to be like, all right, cool. That's commendable. However, when you start the promo, in a few with a Anthony Agogo, who is a British boxer who was turned to pro wrestling. And you start with xenophobia about how America is this great country. And, you know, you come here and you make a, it sounds like, you know, illegal alien shit. Like, what are we doing? And he starts that promo with that. And then starts talking about America, this and America, that and America, this. Now, the challenge here is what America do you live in, Cody? That's so great. I'm not saying that America's terrible. But you, when you're juxtaposing a, bringing a mixed-race child into this world and you're facing a black British boxer in a wrestling match, 
and you're calling yourself the American dream, what is the message that you are sending? And that's that was the problem that I had with this promo because I, I told you, I don't like the whole America versus the world. That is bullshit. I, just as much as I hate MMA fights where they start chanting USA. What the, shut the fuck up. We love fight. Like, I love combat sports. I'm not cheering for it. I'm not rooting for America against the country. Especially, like, for those of you who has seen Exterminate the Brutes on HBO, and I just started watching this shit, America ain't shit, the foundation of this country. America's built on the backs of murdering and killing minorities and the, the previous inhabitants, Native Americans and enslaving Black and Brown people. So I don't get where all these qualities are, and I don't see why this has to be an America versus the world situation in this match. So he does that pro part of the promo, and I hated it. Then he rolls into this promo about bringing his child to the world. I'm like, what the fuck does this have to do with xenophobia? What are you doing, Cody? <laughs> and in the midst of all this, where I was like, all right, who the hell is in the production truck? In the midst of all this, they cut to a white dude in the crowd wearing a Black Lives Matter shirt. There it is. <laughs> Again, I don't have a problem with a white dude wearing a Black Lives Matter shirt. But you put all this shit together and I called in the group chat, I called this the Michael Chandler of promos. I don't think Cody doesn't mean well, just like I don't think Michael Chandler means ill will by adopting a black child. But when it's used as a vehicle for a promo to tout America versus the world against a black man who is British and you cut to a white man wearing a Black Lives Matter shirt that feels like a plant. What the fuck are we doing here? He was a plan, right? Like, like we're gonna be clear, right? Like, I don't I'm fuck saying allegedly. What is the chances of that? I dog, I don't know. I don't know. I just that there was so much cringe in that promo because, like, you know, when C Cody got choked up, I, I understood that you're bringing a child in this world, and it is an emotional experience. But in the context of a feud with a, a black British wrestler. Yeah. This, oh, this was look, man. I don't think Cody's a bad person. I'm gonna say this again. I don't no. think Randy's a bad person. However, these two motherfuckers and cut some really bad promos, <laughs> juxtaposing race yeah. over the past year. Brandy and her po promo with Jade. Yeah. And this man, sir, this is the third one because we had the promo with Jade. They have the, the knockoff Miz and Missy show, which, listen, get your money. I don't care. Good yeah, job. Whatever. They have that. But in the promo for that, Brandy says, I'm so proud to be the first black person in the Rhodes family. It's, it's a weird flex. Randomly in the promo. It's a weird flex. It's and I'm just like, I, why is this necessary? One, technically, yes, you married into it. But your child, to me, I mean, this is my personal thing, will grow up as the first black person in the road today. So your child's flex more than yours. Because you're not going to grow up as a black person in the Rhodes family. You're inheriting the Rhodes family. That is the equivalent of Elena getting on the mic and be like, oh, it's great to be the first white person in the Dansby family. Like, what, yeah, what, what the what fuck does that? that mean? What does that mean? Does that now, like, like I, I don't get that. It was nonsensical. And again, they're not bad people. 
Cody's a great businessman. He's a great character outside of these weird ass promos. And he's a very mediocre pro wrestler in the ring. Those are always been my critiques. And that's just honest. Never a bad person. This just doesn't make sense. This is, it's not tone deaf, but it is, they're going too far to kind of be accepted as this mixed race couple. Just be it. Look, 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 look. It's really simple, man. You ever you ever go somewhere? All right. I'm watching the league again, right? <laughs> yeah. And there's the episode where I think Andre has Chato Chosinko come to the draft. Yep. And he starts talking black. Yep. And they Child, please. Yeah, they're all looking at him like, the fuck, man? We've all had those people, like, as black people, you have white people get around you. It's like, you know, why are you talking like that around me? You don't have to do that. Because... More importantly, I don't talk like that, right? Yep. And when that happens, like the the white people go, oh, and then you then you, then it's your reminder is like, what do you think of me when you talk like that? Does you feel like you have to say that? In this Brandy and Cody situation, it's like, what do you? It's what they think the world perceives them as yes. more than how they perceive the rest of the world. Brandy and Cody feel like they have to prove themselves about diversity and they have to tell us about it. And everybody remembers now when I posted that video that AOC posted about diversity in AEW, about Cody talking about his wife. And it's like, you don't see, if you're colorblind, you don't see my experience. And that went viral and did really well for him. Mm-hmm. It's one thing to say something, but if you have to keep telling me these stories about being black or white or I, dog, just fucking be it. There, I have, I, if y'all don't know, Shake from Two Little Boys is a white boy. He's one of our best friends in the whole world. Shake does not have to tell me how down he is. Shake does not have to tell me he loves black women. He doesn't. He doesn't have to do that. If he did, I'd find it fucking weird. <laughs> just, just do. Do what you do. Just be who you are, right? And if, and that's the problem with the context of colorblind. As I'm not asking you to not see my color. All I'm asking you to do is just be who you are. And if, if you, if, if my, the rate, my race doesn't bother you, then so be it. But you don't have to tell me that my race doesn't bother you. You don't have to tell me that I'm the first black woman in the Rose family. You want to know why? Because I don't give a fuck. I do not care one iota about you being the first black woman in the Rose family. Who are you proving something to? Mm. I don't care. So this promo starts off with xenophobia and it starts off with America's the greatest country. And it goes into, um, like, I think he says something about, you know, back in the day, kids couldn't go to school together. Cool. I get all that, but why are you using this as a vehicle for a feud? I'm not rooting for you at double or nothing because of this shit. I hope Anthony and Gogo punches your guts out. You need <laughs> to lose this match after this promo. Cody has to lose this match and it go is, not. home, go he's home, not. have your baby, take some time off. Reflect, think, stop telling us about your mixed race kid, man. We all we all see it. We ain't fucking blind. I know you're white, she's black. Shit, I don't care. Cody don't. ain't losing this one. Cause in his heart, Cody is triple H. Nah, man. <laughs> he ain't he ain't putting him over. You can't build an America is the greatest country in the world storyline and then lose to the foreigner. Right? This pro wrestling. 
Like the foreigner, the foreigner is never going over at the pay-per-view. You have to be, this is a case of reading the room. You need to put a go-go over and you need a break. (laughs) They'll find a way to shoehorn it in. It's just unnecessary. That, that's what all of this boils down to. We'll talk about the rest of AEW Dynamite here in a second. But my overall take, and when I see this, and I laugh and all this shit, I'm not going to crush him like the rest of the internet. Or, I'm not like, it's whatever. It's funny because, you know, I've always had this side feud with Cody. He even called me out on Twitter once. Um, I think it was after I called him trash. Who knows? But I looked at this, and I'm just like, it's all so extra and unnecessary. A lot of shit that they do and have done since starting AEW, it's just been unnecessary. Brandy cutting the slick talking uh, ghetto valley girl promo was unnecessary. Say the same shit in your voice, Brandy. Like, unnecessary. Cody Rhodes doing this, unnecessary. Taking the hammer to the throne and doing the Triple H thing, entrance cool, unnecessary. Everything, it's just, just be you. You are good enough. So if anyone listens and knows Cody Rhodes, if he listens because he got an axe to grind with me and he's secretly listening to this show, hating me every day, it's just unnecessary. Just be yourself. It's okay to be a media- mediocre pro wrestler in the ring. Not everyone's Kenny Omega. So let's push on, talk about AEW Dynamite. Speaking of Kenny Omega, his title picture gets cleared up on the show. I thought it was leading to him versus, um, I almost said him versus Darby Allen, but him versus Orange Cassidy, but they threw a good curveball at us. It's going to be a triple threat match, Kenny Omega versus Pac versus Orange Cassidy at the pay-per-view. I think this is the first triple threat for their AEW title. There's no way this match is bad. All right. So uh, while I like the match, this episode of Dynamite, from top to bottom, and then I'll I'll focus straight on this storyline, was so uneven. It was such a strange show, show with like really good highs and then really strange booking decisions and really strange, like, it's like they go through certain storylines quickly and other storylines, they go through them too long. You had all this time to build towards double or nothing. Kenny Omega's your champ. Y'all know this. And he has all the belts. But aside from the fact that this is probably going to be a really good match with Pac and Orange Cassidy, there's really no rhyme or reason for it. They didn't, they've established nothing over the past few months that would lead to this match. Nothing at all. Christian came back. Nothing. That that didn't do nothing. Moxley? Nope. When we were talking about who is Omega's opponent going to be a double or nothing, I never would have thought it would have been Pac and Orange Cassidy. No. Because why no. would I think that? They've done nothing to build towards this. And Pac was in the tag team. Right. And as great as the match could be, y'all can, tell, y'all can give me a reason to care. Give me a story. Give me something. They gave us nothing. It's like they, they, they looked up because they were so consumed with the inner circle and the pinnacle feud and a few of the other things that were going on. They looked up and was like, oh, fuck, we have nobody for Kenny to wrestle at double or nothing. Well, he was consumed by impact. 
but th- it wasn't that much because it's not like Rich Swan was on Dynamite. No, which is why Swan should have won, and then you have him versus Kenny at eh. pay per view, and you would have been fine. Whole other, st- I mean, but yeah, at least you established something there. But Omega wins, squash Swan, et cetera, et cetera, and he comes back, and clearly Moxie and Eddie are beefing with everybody, but. You never established anything for Kenny. And they looked up and said, oh, shit, double or nothing's next week. We need to do something. And they decided to have this match. And Orange Cassidy clearly gets hurt. I can't figure out if it was the, from the kick of the powerbomb. But he was fucked up. Yes. They had to call an audible. And now, I mean, it feels like they had to call an audible to shorten the match. And it could have messed up the entire show. But who knows? This is such – it's a good match. But in, in my head, there's no way Kenny can lose this match. It would be weird because they've done nothing to build towards why Orange Cassie would become the champion. Doesn't make any sense. Yeah, the build is odd. But and you, again, it's not like it's not like Raw and SmackDown where you have a pay-per-view every fucking month. So it's like you're always trying to establish a storyline in a hurry. You had a lot of time to put this together. And this is what you came up with. Great match, but fuck, man. You should have gave me some tea leaves or something to read. Give me something that makes me say, oh, man, maybe Orange Cassidy. Yeah, that could be a good pro. They did nothing for it. No. Maybe Kenny could lose. That's all we asked. Like, just put doubt in there that Kenny could lose. Instead, I think it's going to be a really good match. I know it's going to be a really good match. And probably we get Kenny's next foil after the match. So it ends with maybe if people think Moose is the guy to get the Impact title back. Maybe we get Moose showing up. Maybe what I believe is you get uh, Kota Ibushi showing up and we get kind of this golden lovers um, in AEW. So we shall see. I think that's how it goes down, but we'll talk more about that when we get to pay-per-view. Um, we also had John Moxley versus Nagato, which is really cool to see Eugene Nagato on t- American TV. Yeah, it's also really cool that Moxley walked out the wild thing. He did. Yeah, uh, the licensing of, of music. No expense. Yes, yeah. yeah. He's, that's, he's spending money. He got it for these things. He got <laughs> it. Of course, he got it. He got it. Royalties aren't that much. He got it. Um. So no, that's that was dope. I thought the match was dope. Of course, I mean it's usually got it. Usually got is fifty three years old and he can still wrestle. But never once did anybody think that Moxley was going to lose this match. But it was cool to see uh, Blue Justice on opening. Dynamite. Like, again, this is what I'm talking about. The show had, like, great highs. Like, this was a great match. And I was like, oh, I like this. And then it just gets really uneven. Let's go to the next match. I'll explain what I'm talking about. Yeah. It's Cody defending his New Japan title is a little weird randomly, though. Or, excuse me, not Cody, but Moxley. Um, defending, like, his random New Japan title. Because he doesn't carry it all the time. And it's, no. like, on again, off again mentioning. So him coming out as, like, a champion, if I didn't follow this, granted, or if I didn't know what the fuck New Japan was, it's very confusing to fans who just watch AEW. Yeah, it's like, why has he got this title? Yeah, like, what, what the hell? Where did this come from? What does this mean? Is this now a new title? Or no, it just disappeared. Like, listen, they take liberty with people knowing about all pro wrestling, which is weird. So next match, though, we have, trying to find it, oh, we have the tag match. Young Bucks SCU. I mean, I get it. SCU's best trick now is bleeding, right? So I, I get it. The this felt 
if you're mentioning stuff that is rushed, it was a storyline built correctly. And SCU, they'd lose and they'd break up and blah, blah, blah. Like, okay, that build, it made me care. It felt good. Why do this in between what is pretty much a television pay-per-view and blood and guts and your actual pay-per-view and double or nothing? Why do this match with so such high stakes on a random dynamite and then have SEU lose and just be like, all right, that's it? Yo, I had such a problem with this. <laughs> it, like, it felt out of place. It, it, I had such because, yes, you have, again, this is what I'm talking about, long-term storytelling versus short-term and then rushing the things and then not rushing the things. SEU has been building to this last match. And everybody knew. When they said it, oh, they're probably going to lose to the Young Bucks for the titles. Everybody knew it. Yep. Everybody knew it. It's like, duh. So as we're getting there, it's like, all right, cool. They get the ta- the, this tag title opportunity. And they're having this match. It's a pretty good match. Uh, AW needs to lay off on the blood. I will say that. Motherfuckers bleed way too much on this show. Make Every, week. Every, Every week. Every week. Every week somebody's busted open. Now, some are accidental. Like Moxie was bleeding in the Nagata match. And I feel like that was an accidental but like Daniels was leaking, and I'm like, come on, dog, this is too much. Just way too much. I don't need you to bleed every week. I don't need people getting cut open the hard way every week. But the match was fine. I was like, this is a pretty good match. I don't need the I'm sorry, I love you super kick either. Like I, was, I thought it was, but here's but it's I, on brand for the young bucks. So I get yeah, it. Yeah. I didn't have a problem with that as much as I had a problem with the match ends, Bucks win, and immediately instead of the whole this is your last match let the crowd cheer for you SCU SCU and you know teary farewell or whatever Jim Ross is like something's happening backstage we gotta get some cameras back there and then it takes like an extra 15 seconds and then Shivani says it something's happening backstage meanwhile perhaps a hall of fame tag team has just had their last fucking match in the ring (laughs) <laughs> and now we're cutting backstage to Moxley and Eddie just tearing up the elite dressing room for really no reason. They, they just went in there and just destroyed this shit. Not, yes, I know that they've been feuding with them. You know, the, the trucks thing last week. I get it. But is this the time to do that rather than give SCU their moment in the ring? Or, or if the play here is to say, well, SCU didn't lose clean because there was some cheating involved. Do something. But the, the fact that they just go, they were just like, one, two, three. All right, that's SCU's last match. Let's see what's happening backstage. That was some bullshit. A little weird. Who fu- it, was, it was strange, man. It's not like Daniels and Kazarian are not like just a run-of-the-mill tag team. They deserve a little bit better than this. That was It was so stupid. So dumb. It, it, I just hated how they handled because it was a good match. It was a good match. And Kazarian tried to make the save at the end and couldn't jump over the top rope. And I was like, oh, oh man, so heartbreaking. And they just ran away from it. And I was like, I don't, I don't what the fuck just happened? This is that was this was the epitome of this dynamite show. Because I was like, good match, a wet fart finish, and the end of a tag team, and you don't say nothing else about it. Like, here's another thing. Scorpio Skies has been SEU and he's never been excommunicated from, from the group. Yes. Wouldn't no. it be right for even Scorpio to come out and either hug his brothers or fucking beat the shit out of him? Oh, that'd be good. Like something like 
He's been part of SCU for how long? And this is their last match, and there's no sign of Scorpio in this match. Yet he comes out with the Darby with in uh, Miro match. Really strange booking the night uh, that night. It, this this dynamite show was all over the place. Well, before we get to the main event, I'm going to throw in another thing that was a little odd. And it's not because the boogie on this is horrible, and I'm sure some people enjoy it. I can't believe that the pinnacle and inner circle feud is still going. Oh, I can. Now, this is my brain working on your logic. If blood and guts and 8 million people bleeding in the ring and Jericho falling to his death into a pile of pillows does not blow off the feud, then what's the point of having the feud culminate in blood and guts? All right. So I'm going to give it to you like this. Because I agree with you is like blood and guts should have been the blow off, right? That's, yes. And I'm just okay. tired of inner circle being together. Yeah. So the real thing that this match is supposed to lead to, in my mind, when they booked this match, and I was like, oh, it's just, you know, regular TV. Is that double or nothing? I thought it'd be like a career match or something between MGF and Jericho. Mm. That's what I thought we were getting to. But the moment they threw Jericho off of the top of the cage, I was like, oh, well, he'll be out for a while. No, nope, motherfucker comes back next week. Why is Jericho back the following week? Let Come it, on, man. There was a bunch of pillows. They had to play it off, just like the stupid fireworks. At but this point, my, they had to play it off. Listen, guys, you, like my critique is even. As much as I hated how quickly Sasha came back against Bailey, I hated this even more. Because I was like, I thought you guys were smarter than that. You could have kept Jericho off the show. But again, the feud is Jericho and MGF. We all know it. Inner Circle and Pinnacle are just the two warring factions. Blood and Guts could have been the blow-off, but I was like, ah, we're going to work to an MGF and Jericho thing until they threw Jericho off the, the cage into a pile of fluff. <laughs> but come on, man. Really? And also get Hager off my television. God, it's the worst. Hager and Spears both need to go somewhere. They do the Steve Austin beer truck thing. Yeah, yeah they I, love I, nostalgia. Like, like to the point. Like, either you're gonna be your own company, or you're gonna continuously call back to the WWE. It's okay, pull shit from WCW at this point, because to me, this is like a reimagination of WCW, right? So that's cool. Um, I'll, I'll give you the Blanchard and all that shit. Cool, whatever. This it's like. Don't rip off the Stone Cold thing. Don't do the Shawn Michaels. I'm sorry. I love you. Like, that's now you're just taking WWE moments. That kind of gets cheesy. So, that was cheesy in this. And then all of this to get Stadium Stampede 2, which was a really fun match. But Ooh. now you're, you're saying, like, that's, that's more dangerous. That's, that's in a blood feud. That's the one up. That's the problem. Why are we doing Stadium Stampede? It really should be Jericho and MJF. That's it. Stadium Stampede was fun, but again, after a War Games match, I don't give a fuck. Blood and Guts call with you. It's War Games. War Games was always the culmination of anybody's feud. And then everybody just moved the fuck on. Because it took, it was like, it was like the ultimate breakup. It's like, oh man, fuck these guys. But we left it all in the ring. It's over. Now we're doing Stadium Stampede a, a week later? This, this, again, strange booking. I don't know what they're doing. Even though I still think Dynamite's a very enjoyable show for the most part, 
this show was just. Mm. I don't get it. <laughs> it's just the order doesn't seem sequential. So like now it's now we're gonna get and as good a stadium stampede was, we're gonna get a comedy match. I, mean, I don't know what we're gonna get. Sean Spears and J.K. are in this shit. I mean, you could hide them a bit. It, it ain't like Matt Hardy when he came out. Is that was the fun part? Like the elite. That match was. Fun. I can't see this having the same quality. I don't need it again. But whatever. Yes. Yeah, so I guess we're gonna do it again. And then the main event, which was an amazing way to close the show, the high of the highs, Darby Allen versus Miro. This is one where the build doesn't bother me. Like, I'll let you talk about it yourself, too. But, like, you know, Miro was the best man until, like, three weeks ago. He flipped the switch, beat the shit out of, you know, the <laughs> his old partner, then went on, beat the hell out of someone else, demanded the title shot. And then here we are three weeks later. And him and Darby have one hell of a match. Darby's a madman. Um, Darby can go with a guy as big as Miro, and it looks great and shows that, yeah, this guy's a main event player for – years to come and the match is super dope Miro looks like an animal and in the end crushes Darby Allen like you know gets the submission Darby's there face paint off Miro standing with the belt who's next like to me this is a perfect way to give Miro a title doesn't have to propel him into the main event scene which we've seen with so many other people who came they just went straight for the title picture, lost, and then was kind of like middling or had to jump into a faction. No, this establishes a guy as a singles champion, as a man who can stand on his own two and who is ready to wreck the roster. I really like this match, and I can forgive the quick three-week buildup because I don't care. Yeah. So the thing, like I said, man, the whole Miro keeps saving things like, oh, they just got to get, get rid of him. It's got to move on because it's clear. Mir- yeah, but- <laughs> As soon as things started opening up and Darby had his run with that TNT title, I was like, this makes sense. Miro, he doesn't need a build. He just needs to go get the title. That's that's all he needs to do. And what better person to get it off of and establish yourself as a heel than Darby Allen? It's kind of like Roman Reigns beating the fuck out of Daniel Bryan. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's how you establish yourself. But the good thing, and this is where I say the booking was smart. The good thing is that you've established this thing with Darby Allen and Sting, and you've put Darby over so many times at this point where you've made people realize he don't need the title. He's fine. He can be in a feud, and we're going to watch it. He doesn't need the TNT title anymore. That TNT title helped make him, but he doesn't need it. Now that he's lost it to somebody that he should lose it to, when they booked this match, I was like, man, how are you going to get out of this shit if they want to keep Darby with the title? Because Miro hasn't lost yet. He's a fucking monster. You should beat him. Choked him the fuck out. I need to talk about the suicide dive spot where Darby oh. like dives through the ropes and completely bounces off a mirror like a pinball. <laughs> but it like he kind of like threw a headbutt with it. Like it, it was so dope. It looked Yo, great. He threw he threw every ounce of his 165 pound frame into Miro and and Miro still had to like sell the bump because it was like Darby's just like ricocheted off him. Something serious. But this is the right guy to have the title. There, I saw people out there being critical. And I'm like, nah, man, this is natural progression for Miro. Like, he get his, gets his hands on the title. He will be in the main title picture soon enough. But it's, it's kind of crowded up there. The TNT title is something that you know who he's going to feud with, Lance Archer. That match can't be bad, can it? I hope not. 
Two no. big monsters just beating the shit out of each other? I'll take it. <laughs> big man bumping meat. No, I, I don't mind it. I mean, Lance Archer playing the baby face is a little weird. Yo, hey, wait. I got, I'll let you continue. One thing I do like about AEW is, like, some people are just whatever. Death Triangle, one week they're baby faces, feuding with the Bucks, <laughs> next week they're total heels. I don't give a shit because it makes sense with their character. They don't change who they are based on what they're supposed to be. They act the way they act. We cheer for them or we boo them. I like that. So when somebody like Archer, he's not a baby face. He just wants to fucking tile. He wants to beat the shit out of somebody. So I'll take it. Whoever has it. Yeah, I'll I'll take that storytelling more than I'm a baby face now. Now I'm going to go help all the baby faces to be their friend. I don't like that shit, especially when it's not in your character. I, Lance Archer, just the murder hawk should be the murder hawk. Him and Jake Roberts, fuck everybody. Lance Archer gets the Sting's face. Everybody, he just wants to fuck people up. And <laughs> Miro looks at him like, shit, come on, let's do this shit. These two should kill each other if they have this match of double or nothing. Fucking murder each other. And I'm here for it. Yeah, I, I don't mind this. I don't mind Miro and Archer having a quick build. I guess this then leads to, you know, the tag match for Darby and Sting. Sure. That because I mean Darby was still just throwing down a flight of steps last week, so you just can't ignore that. No, so, you can't. They got to do something about that. Yeah, so that'll probably be on double or nothing. Double or nothing is kind of rounding into shape. So I get it. I expect the matches to be really good, much like I say for NXT. The builds we can critique. We can say this was right, this was wrong, this could have been better. When it comes to the pay per view, I never have any doubts that it's going to be good. The last one. Mm. Yeah. didn't hit like I thought it was going to hit, but I still give AEW the benefit of the doubt. They would have to have a couple stinkers in a row yeah. for me to be like, yo, something's not right here. But yeah, I, them and NXT, they, they're they not going to let you down. They may not have the shows that they had before, but they're never going to like turn in a completely whack show. No, no. doesn't happen. And they'll give you an all-out banger of a card twice a year. At least. Yeah, so this, I expect this to be one of those to rebound from the last pay-per-view we'll actually hit the break right now because we talked a while about AEW. we'll come back we'll touch on nxt real quick and then preview wwe backlash so don't go anywhere we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Right back after this. We'll get right back to the show in a second, but first, the wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be able to be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. 
Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads to totals to teams, player and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, divisions, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, we are back, and we're going to finish this up talking about WWE and NXT. Real quick, NXT Weekly, solid show. I, I, I thought it was really good. This is, I think, three weeks in a row where the main event crushes it for NXT. Yeah. So I Yeah, man, I liked it. Um, we start off with Raquel Gonzalez versus Mercedes Martinez. Another case, like you just mentioned, Archer and Miro. I think they have to stick with Raquel Gonzalez as this heel character. Because she's waffled babyface heel four times since she won the belt. Yeah, this one is complicated because... It's exactly what I just mentioned. Like, then she starts acting like a baby face and be like, thank you, I'm the champion. And then the next week she's an asshole here. And I'm like, I'm not saying you can't modulate between characters, but I feel like, and we'll see how it plays out. I feel like they're going back and forth on whether Dakota Kai is going to turn on her or not. If she yeah. does turn on her, it turns Raquel into a baby face. If she doesn't, they both can play heels for a lot longer. I feel like that's the, the, that's what they're trying to figure out right now. Or Raquel can turn on Dakota because Dakota is actually a really good baby no, she's not. She's a better heel than a baby face. No, she was yes. supposed to be. She just never caught like traction and made it work because she was injured every I'll time never, they try to give her traction. I'll never buy it because the, the the partner always becomes jealous of the champion. That's just the way pro wrestling goes. That's and fair. there's no there's no reason for Raquel to turn on Dakota and you, everybody like, oh, poor Dakota. Like, no, Dakota's needs to turn on Raquel. And then maybe she has to team up with somebody else because the only problem with Dakota at this point is that she's kind of lost everybody. <laughs> like she's lost to Shayna. She's got beaten up by, like she gets beat up by everybody. So it's going to be real hard to establish her as a viable opponent. But the Raquel situation is, like the Mercedes Martinez match was okay. They had a few bumpy spots in there. Um, Raquel is, she's got some work to do. She's not bad. She's got some work to do. Um, but it's like if you turn a baby face, I feel like you just completely take the edge off a character. I won't like it. I agree. Um, they yeah, you don't want to remove the teeth from her. It kind of gets weird. I, I don't like that they do that on the main roster either when like the women wins the belt. When the belt, like they've done it to Sasha, they've done it to even Charlotte. Kind of take the things away when they become champion. Yeah. Which is always weird. I, I don't like that. Rhea Ripley right now has done that like three times. They can't figure it out with Rhea. She's like a badass every time she chases the belt. She wins the belt, and she's just happy to be here. It's very strange. I, I don't like that at all. And then we had to open the show, Karrion Cross, Austin Theory. I thought that was – it was a quick match, but I thought it was a good match. Okay. Seeing those two. Austin Theory could just wrestle his ass off. Whenever they pull the trigger on him, it's going to be really good. And, you know, Cross has to wrestle, man. Like, he's got to beat up somebody, and – Nobody minds him squashing Austin Theory, so no, it is what it is. And to me, Cross is a wrestling champion. Like, you know, some champions, you, you're just ominous in between title defenses. Like, Roman Reigns, I don't have to see him wrestle every night. No, you should. I don't want to see that. I don't, I don't want to see 
Bobby Lashley necessarily wrestle every night, even though they make him wrestle way too much. Yeah. Like that's why the hurt business would have been great. But nonetheless, Brock Lesnar didn't wrestle every night. Like some people don't need to wrestle every night. Cross every other week, every three weeks. Like I wouldn't mind him wrestling, beating the shit out of people. Cause that just adds to his character. Constantly whooping ass. Yeah. He needs that. Um, he doesn't need to be the just random attraction guy. I like Finn coming back at him, beating Finn again randomly would be dope for a main event. They're slow playing who's really next for Cross. So I like it. Long burn right there. Um, we kind of get this weird thing between Imperium and Killian Dane still. I I don't know. I've, I've wanted to see Killian Dane versus Walter for like seven months now because I thought both were stuck in the UK and I was like, perfect. But now that everyone's back over here, I think that'd be a cool match to build for the next takeover whenever that happens. Yeah, I don't know. I look at that entire thing and I'm just going, I'll just let it play out because right now I just don't care. It'd be so hot if they did it in NXT UK, though. Yeah, it would. It's Playing it out in regular NXT is a little weird. <laughs> exactly. So, but I, I like it. Um, Kyle O'Reilly, we see the return. Oh, it's him versus Oni Lorcan. Cool match. And then we see the return of Bobby Fish. Maybe they feud next? Nah, you can't do that. I mean, they, they played the whole thing with Fish coming back to, to help. And then Kyle basically tells him, like, you know, I don't need you anymore. And I'm on my own. And Bobby's like, I only got my own fish to fry, basically. We're going to go our separate ways. So I guess that – but just like a lot of things, like Bobby Fish can't do this by himself. He's not a wrestler who can have a solo career. No. And I'm a little concerned with Kyle's character right now. Like, he dresses like a 14-year-old. Um, yeah. You know, it's it's – I almost, almost would prefer to see him back in Red Dragon for a minute. Almost. Yes. Babyface solo Kyle just ain't it. You always like sleazy Kyle. Yeah, I like sleazy Kyle. Like, now that he's a babyface and he's like, again, he's dressing like a 14-year-old, like Jake Paul and shit. I'm just kind of like, I'm supposed to buy this for the next. And he's already had his title opportunities. So I can't figure out exactly what we're doing with Kyle O'Reilly. And when I saw Bobby Fish, I was like, you know what? I wouldn't mind them being a tag team occasionally. Kyle could still have a solo run. But when it comes down to being against the odds, while you try to figure out, shake out the title picture, Red Dragon. I like Red Dragon. But clearly that's not the message of what they're trying to do here. Roger Strong quit. I don't know what the fuck is going on. Yo, Roddy is gone. I don't know. Like, I have no idea what's going on with the Undisputed Era. I don't think they know. I think they're still trying to navigate how they – use these these pieces because it's weird it's very strange no i agree it's super strange so we'll let that play out um msk versus brizango i just like watching msk wrestle so cool yeah really good so that that was fun um we had pete dunn versus leon ruff which was really just pete dunn proving that he's still the baddest man um Dunn might be next in line for that title push. Which I wouldn't mind. No, him and him and Cross would be one hell of a match for a takeover. So I like Dunn there. But really, all that's to say is Leon Ruff is out there because he doesn't want his feud with Swerve to end. But Swerve is now riding with the crew. Hit row. Boy. 
So I I like the name. I like the name. I like the looks. I I'm all in. I like the promo. I'm feeling it's not a caricature to me of of death row records or like something, but it's I like it. There's something good there, I think. Good a brewing. So I said a few weeks ago that Swerve and Ricochet were like the same guy, didn't really have a character. I'm sorry. Swerve is much better than Ricochet at this promo shit. Um <laughs> this him this heel turn and finding this voice where he could just be him, and I'm glad he mentioned it in the promo. You know, Swerve's house, you know, this was the change that Swerve needed. And he needs this crew. It works. What I am not, I'm not even gonna say I don't like it, because I don't want to say that yet. Hit Row Records, I was like, mm, okay, whatever. Um, their individual promos, they were cool, but then they started bordering on the campy, like very, you know, the headphones around the neck. I was like, all right, okay. Just just don't turn this into like next week you smash somebody over the head with a turntable or some shit like that or somebody oh. don't bring the boom box to the ring and use it like just don't turn it into that otherwise if all four of them go to work and brianna betsy i mean whatever her name is brianna um frost what is her name i can't remember but if she starts wrestling and uh the crew just starts beating up on people i think it'll be fun just i just don't want it to lean too heavy into like the hip-hop studio and then start using shit as a prop like like looks man god rest you know sad soul but crime time at a certain point i was just like all right enough of this crime time shit do they have to steal every week right like yeah. it was like it was getting kind of ridiculous and i just hope the hit road doesn't become this because no, i don't know who's no, writing this edgy. shit. yeah hopefully they give swerve some leeway to know like okay cool this is a good idea Let's collaborate. <laughs> yeah, but Not the promo let us was good. just like right. His promo was really good. Like I was like, oh man, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Swerve. I compared you to Ricochet. Ricochet's terrible at this promo shit. You're pretty good as long as you have the right character. You haven't been watching main event, have you? No, nah, it's not good promos. I don't know good matches, not good promos. Yeah, I didn't watch a main event. Come on, man. It's a good feud. I don't care. It's on main event. They don't want us to care. Put it on in the background. Hey, what what did I say in the group chat? And I'll say it here. It's main, having Ricochet and Ali on main event is like having Giancarlo Stanton smash it in, in single A ball and never call him up. Who's watching that shit? Nobody's watching that shit. Outside of me. Um, no, throw it on in the background. Just no, that's it. That's all no, I have. Put it on no, the Now you're just being stubborn. No. Yes, because I have better things to watch than fucking You, you do not. Main your, event. your TV is going constantly. It I'm not even asking you to put the volume on that one. Just throw it on in the back. No, I'm watching other shit. I got other shows to catch up on. You're re-watching I, the league. It's funny. Main event ain't funny. <laughs> I ain't watching that shit. Get you're out just, of here. You're stubborn for the sake of being stubborn. That ain't even stubborn. I got time. I'm reclaiming my time. I'm not giving my time to main event. <laughs> and then, in this main event, we had Kushida versus Santos Escobar. Two out of three falls match. And, you know, it's good. It was good. I liked it. So Escobar gets the first fall. Kashida has to battle back, wins the second, really works the arm throughout the match. Some great transitions, great spots in this match. If people didn't know, they could wrestle their ass off. And then Santos Escobar, man, Santos Escobar comes up short. Kashida ends up winning 
at the end. It went eight minutes over the hour, gave him a ton of time, and really, again, establishes Kushida as that cruiserweight champion and really removes him from 205 Live. Like, he's not a 205 Live champion. Like, that shit's something else at this point. 205 Live no longer has a belt. Just get it, rid of 205 Live. Yeah, man, listen, it is what it is. I think when Evolve starts surfacing and they can put talent over there, I think 205 Live's are right. But with this, it's like, yeah, the, the Cruiserweight title is a main event caliber title on NXT. And I like it. Yeah, this match was really good. We all know Kushida can wrestle. I still want him to put back on the dungarees, but I ain't getting that. So At least he put shoes it. on. At least he put shoes back. Yeah, my man put on shoes. So I give him respect. Respect for the shoes. Thank you, sir. But uh, this was a good match. And the thing is, I, Santos Escobar absolutely did not need to win this match. Get him out of this because he's destined for bigger things. Oh, yeah. Keep him away from Vince. Oh, God. Keep the whole faction away from Vince. Please, God. Just turn them into a different feud. Yeah, I wasn't even thinking about that. But no, yep. but Santos is clearly, you know, he can have a, a run at the title. Like, he can go for the North American title. Like, he, he's just a phenomenal talent. So they just got to they gotta get that one in gear. As long as he doesn't go to the main roster, cool. No, I agree. It's a good faction. Good faction to have. The tag team division isn't, you know, stacked yet. So it has a very good tag team. And Legato the Fantasma, so... Let it rock. Let it rock um, going forward. Now, sorry, your favorite part of the show. The part you've been waiting for, Dre. Main roster talk. All right, podcast over. <laughs> we have a pay-per-view this weekend. WWE WrestleMania Backlash. Why are we even calling it this? I don't, I don't know. What was wrong with the regular Backlash? Mm. Yeah, I, don't, I can't call it. Oh, the next NXT pay-per-view, by the way, is in your house again. I like it. I, I like that that's becoming the mainstay. I like to set Yo Shirai diving off last year. Sure. But so anyway, back to backlash. We have our card set. I don't got to go over all the, the dumb shit that happened throughout the week. I don't know why Baron Corbin ended SmackDown standing strong. <laughs> like, why do all the heels have to follow Baron Corbin? What has he done? Nothing. No, yo, look, man. So I didn't watch SmackDown until, like, Tuesday. Tuesday? Yeah, Tuesday. Um, no, Wednesday. I didn't watch SmackDown until Wednesday. So I spent <laughs> yesterday watching SmackDown, NXT, and Raw on two TVs, and I split them up. I watched SmackDown and NXT on one TV, and Raw was on, like, the far screen. And I'm watching SmackDown, and I have a call with E. And we're talking, and I'm like, hey, man, you're on my TV. And he's like, turn that shit off. And um, I'm watching this match, and I'm like, and I'm asking him. I was like, what the fuck is this? Right? And I was like, what? What is Corbin doing here? And he's like, he's like, I, you know, it's, it's, they're just working some new shit. Like, some shit I can't tell you guys anyway. And um, I was trying to figure it out. I was like, well, this kind of sucks for Apollo. He doesn't need this. No, like, this, he doesn't need the white champion. doesn't need the white savior yeah i'm like yo he's he's the intercontinental champion why does he need baron fucking corbin or Sami Zayn? he's got like a seven foot giant That's i don't need any of this shit no it, it was a weird 10-man tag i was like they must just be killing time because there's no reason 
for this match to even happen nah. because there's really no feuds in this match because Corbin has nothing to do with anybody. Nope. It gave, it gave me strong um, league. What was that? League of Nations or? Yeah. Like it gave, it gave me that vibe where they just threw all the heels together and like, oh, you're all from different countries. Cool. We got something. And that shit was whack and was over in a blink. Anyway. So hopefully it doesn't go that way. But the match card, we have Damian Priest versus The Miz, Lumberjack match. I'm happy Damian Priest is still on TV. I thought I, they were just going to go to catering. Why, but, why, why are we doing a Lumberjack match, though? I mean, I Miz, watched Raw. Miz, keep, Miz keeps running away from him. It's just... Miz so, keeps running away, and then uh, he had What's-His-Face do his bidding. Yeah, um, but, so it's to keep people out and keep Miz in. So, like... This feels like a match that Damian Priest is supposed to lose at this point. Because is he just going to go out there and squash Miz in front of Lumberjacks? It's a very weird thing here. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, as long as Damian Priest has something to do, I'm fine with it. But other yeah. than that, this is whatever. And then Baron Corbin. And then uh, <laughs> after that, we have Bianca Belair versus Bailey. I mean, I like their little build. Yeah. I like, what's up with Bailey's hair, by the way? What's wrong with it? it? Like her hair has become like increasingly unkept every week. Well, I, I thought this was the awkward grow it back out stage. Yeah, I don't know. It just looks like every week it gets more frizzier and frizzier. And I was like, is this a character? Well, or is you, she just like, I don't feel like doing my hair? <laughs> no, I, I don't think you could rock the I'm a soccer mom with four kids and a minivan haircut forever. So maybe she just tried to grow it out. Okay, whatever. But I've enjoyed the build of this match. I think Bianca <laughs> yeah. and Bailey have both done really solid promo work. Hasn't been like a ton of like interaction between the two in terms of like wrestling. Because I really hate when they just wrestle every oh, week and then do the pay-per-view. So, it's refreshing that there yeah. is. But that's really because they gave Bailey the, the talk show. So yeah. they don't need her to wrestle every week, which is good. That's the only way they know how to keep people away from each other. They did the same thing with Kevin Owens. Yeah. He has the KO show. I mean, they've done it with Jericho. They've done it with Miz. It keeps people out of wrestling every week. So thank God. But yeah, no, this seems like the beginning to a feud. So or an end because they've already wrestled. There's no one else, sir. There, I, I know, but that's therein lies the problem. Because like shit, man, they opened SmackDown with fucking Carmella back to her old gimmick because even Marie came back and took her as back. back. <laughs> <laughs> like, man. <laughs> Why do they have one gimmick for like six wrestlers, right? Mandy it, Rose, even Marie. It has failed every time. It never works. It never works. And it was like, even Marie's back. Carmella, give that gimmick back. She they gave it to Liv back. Morgan once too. She was yeah. Able- yeah. Liv Morgan, Mandy Rose. Like, this is stupid. But they open up SmackDown with this match and shit. Ruby Riot still can't get a fucking W. And I'm like sitting there going, there is really nobody for Bianca to wrestle on this show. No. No, not at all. So keep this rolling. Uh, oh, and I'll take, I guess, for what it's worth, Bianca. Yeah, like she's not dropping it right now. Um, Damian Priest, I'll take the first one. Then we have Rhea Ripley versus Asuka versus Charlotte Flair. I'll just, I'll save you the time. Charlotte Flair is winning this. Rhea Ripley's not getting pinned. Asuka's going to take the pin, and there you go. I think it's the other way, though. I think Rhea's actually going to win this match, pinning Asuka. Okay. Somebody's pinning Oscar. Pin. No, she's yeah. definitely getting pinned. There's no problem. 
I hate, I really hate how they've handled all this. Like having Oscar come out with fucking Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke and attack. Like, man, stop doing Oscar like this. It makes her seem so whack. Just yeah. so whack. And then through all of this, because here's the question. Alexa Bliss came out to open Raw or somewhere in Raw during that tag match and said she's targeting somebody. It seems like Charlotte, which I'm like, why are we doing this? Where's the Fiend? Alexa just ate the Fiend's gift. Like, the Fiend disappeared from TV for like two months, came back for WrestleMania, got nerfed quickly, and is gone again. You still have faith in the Fiend? I'm sorry to bring it back to this. Yeah, we got to get him away from Alexa, though. Like, <laughs> Vince loves him some Alexa Bliss. So, so, yeah. so all, that, all that to say is, like, if Rhea win- retains the title, they need to find – I mean, it feels like it's natural to put her in there with Charlotte for a match, but I feel like it has to be – Alexa has to have something with Charlotte. And I don't know what, but it feels like that's a few that doesn't need a title right now. But I just don't get who the babyface in this shit is. So I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Women's division is an absolute mess right now. I mean, Oscar's the baby face. I don't know what Rhea is. And Charlotte's a clear heel. So Rhea's just happy to be here. Which is why I wouldn't be shocked if she drops the title. Usually, like, are we going to have all title defenses? Like, successfully? So, I mean, Rhea should retain. She just won the fucking thing. I know. But <laughs> she only won that shit. Why? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Charlotte was out getting surgery. Yeah, see, Charlotte must pose. And she's yeah. like, y'all bitches, I'm posing at backlash. And I'm like, God yeah. damn it. Well, fuck it. And you know what? I'm not even going to do that shit if it's not called WrestleMania backlash. Because I'm going to get my WrestleMania moment. <laughs> anyway. By hook or by crook. Oh, oh, and then we have the Dirty Dogs. Versus Rey Mysterio and Dominic Mysterio. Come on, Here goes man. the title chain. Rey, Rey and Dominic win. No, I hope God, I hope not. Yep. Ray and Dominic are winning. I despise Dominic Mysterio's work as a wrestler. If it's, anybody, it's not good, they rushed him. <laughs> if anybody needs to be on NXT or developmental or 205 or whatever, it's him. Evolve something. Him and Ray as a tag team is fucking boring and gross to me. You're just keeping Ray off of the Indies, man. Yo, Ray, what do you want to stay? Oh, wrestle with my son. Okay. Yep. yep. But it's funny because Rude and uh, Ziggler have been a tag team so long that they were just like, oh, we should probably give you guys names because you've had been a tag team for like a year and have had the tag titles. Yeah. All right. It's been like two and a half years. I don't, I'm not sure Rude did much of anything else outside of this on the main roster. It's absurd that they finally were like, let's just give them music. Right, like they finally decided it, it's like an accident. It was like Vince wasn't paying attention, and somebody was like, "Hey, Vince, uh, those guys have been tagged a tag team for a long time." And you're like, oh, dirty dog, because you know Cesaro and Sheamus eventually became the bar, but it didn't feel like it took two years for it to happen. Yeah. So I kind of think that the dirty dogs have to retain because they just got a fucking name in the theme song. No, nope. this is WWE. I have no idea what the fuck's going on. Yeah, you think that would matter? No, they're losing. <laughs> Ray, probably, Ray Mysterio probably. and Dominic are going over. Gross. And then we have the two main events. Um, co-main Bobby Lashley versus Drew Mack versus Strowman, which might actually boy, open the show. Boy, they found a way for me to not care about this feud at all. 
I mean, I, I would have been happy if they just let Drew walk away into something else for a second. Um, and Strowman as a baby face, because he was, he beat Shane, taking on Lashley as we, I think I said that right after WrestleMania, because it's Lashley's big show moment. Um, but again, the choo-choo train looks strong after all, which means he's not winning. Give me, fuck it, give me Lashley to win. But over Strowman and not Drew. Yeah, Lashley should retain. I just don't care about this match. I don't care about Strowman being in this. I just don't care. I cared more about Lashley when they had the Hurt Business. Yeah. Uh, I care less about Lashley now, too. Eh, whatever. Um, by the way, RK Bro is kind of entertaining. I mean, they're, they're entertaining in this weird, like, we have nothing for you to do, so find your own fun type of way. Yeah. They're, they're, like, I like the match with them in the New Day. I thought that was funny. And then Randy Orton being like, nah, don't get too fucking comfortable. And RKOing people. Right. And then Matt Riddle having to say, Randy, no, we're not here for that. Like, chill out. So I, I think they're entertaining. Um, main events, last match to preview Roman Reigns versus Cesaro. Roman Reigns is winning. Match of the night here. Yeah. No yeah. stipulations. I think this is the first match straight up Roman has had for the belt. Without a stipulation. Yeah. Um, this should be a banger. Like, Cesaro, he's just too good. And Roman's character doesn't need to do a whole lot to tell the story here. Um, obviously, the story is Jimmy and Jey Uso. Yep. And how they work that out, because there's no way they're breaking up the Usos. No. So, Jimmy, listen, man. Jimmy's going to acknowledge him. Yeah. Um, that, I mean, one way or another, maybe not in this particular show, but they'll get to it. And it'll be, you know, the small SWAT team. Um, and I love it. And then they could take the belt off of Ray and Dominic Mysterio down the road because that's a ridiculous tactic. So, again, we're going, I go back to my interview with Jay Uso before the Hell in a Cell match with Roman. And I asked Jay about it. Even if he loses to Roman, would you like to team up with him? He said, yes, with my brother Jimmy, and we can be the Samoan SWAT team 2.0. He said this. And then the other thing he said, and this is when Street Profits were on Raw. He was like, when we come back, the one team I have to wrestle for the tag titles are the Street Profits. So they need to find a way to get to that match. Because I think everybody would love that match. Yeah, I'd love the feud. Give me three of them. <laughs> so if, if, if Dominic and Ray get the titles and the Usos just beat the holy fuck out of them, and it leads to a Street Profits feud, all right, I'm here for it. I agree. So, Listen. yeah, Roman's going over. Cesaro should give a great match, but... They're not taking this title off for Roman yet. It just no. ain't happening. And maybe Cesaro goes and they extend this feud. Because Roman's wrestled a lot of people already on the roster. Like, no need yeah. to burn through people. Cesaro got really good, like, a good babyface push going. So, yeah. let, let them keep rocking. So, yeah, that's our predictions for this week. We appreciate you guys listening to another episode. Hopefully, you guys are entertained. Hopefully, you guys love our food takes along with our pro wrestling talk. Make sure you guys follow us on social media at Corner Podcast underscore on Twitter, at Corner Club for Life on Instagram. You can follow me at Kel Dansby, him at Andreas Hale on all platforms. Check out our other show, Wrestling with Stereotypes, on adfreeshows.com. We appreciate everyone. Shout out to Network Blue Wire and all of the sponsors. Stay safe out there. Let's get ready to enjoy summer safely. Still, please remember that a lot of stuff is opening up. Take care of yourself. We'll be back this weekend to talk boxing and combat sports. So until then, 
We're out. Peace. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.